Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the very first episode of Autism Jam Refers. I'm Jesse Thomas, here for the intro. Now, I'm going to head to bed because I already know I'm not saging my mom before she even gets a chance to say anything. Hello, my name is Rachel, and that was the best, most fantastic introduction I have ever had, not to mention the only one that I have ever had, which makes me thrilled that I picked my oldest son with autism to join us and introduce me for Autism Jammer Burst. And then later, my old Weisenheimer son, who introduced me so beautifully, will be joining the next segment to discuss the different types of parents that I have been exposed to and, and I've met and seen in my profession. And then I'm going to kick him away and tell him to get his pacifier and go to bed and go really to sleep so that I can finish it off just the way that we all intended. Nice and smooth. Aww. Okay. My name is Rachel and I am a mother of six children, three on the autism spectrum, Jesse, Ammon, and Marcus. They are the three letters that spell jam, which is what the whole autism jam comes from. I went from not knowing what I didn't know to learning enough that I can know enough to share with others. I had to fight for an official diagnosis because nobody thought that Jesse acted enough like someone with autism. He seemed normal with a little bit of autism. I knew nothing about it. I just knew I needed to stand up for my son. When I received the letter for his diagnosis, I cried a lot. <clears throat> I slid down the wall in the kitchen and I stuck my head between my legs and I just sobbed like a baby. Which, when I speak to people and I actually ask what was their reaction or what happened, it has always been a mom or a dad sobbing on a bed, in a chair, on the porch, in a car. Mine just happened to be I was in the kitchen and I had to get to my knees and just try to breathe. I was unsure, once I saw it in black and white, how I should respond, because I knew and I wanted so badly to have the diagnosis so that I could take it to the school and take care of some business. But I was not expecting to have my whole world rocked with this one piece of paper. I don't usually talk about it, but I remember I had the thought, what's going to happen to my son 
will he ever be an athlete who can, you know, throw the ball and hit the ball? Would he ever date? Would he have friends? Would he get married? All those things were never going to be answered until he got to that point where he could show me. And I didn't know because I didn't know enough about the diagnosis to feel anything other than concern and worry. I called my sister, who at the time was working on her PhD. She's had her master's and in this area of special education, behaviors, and autism. So I talked to her and she said that, really, Rachel, this is common. Because even though you know what you're going to see, it's seeing it, it's a morning of what you have in your head that would be the future. It just doesn't mean the future is not bright. It just means that it's not exactly the way you laid it out. And you're going to cry about it. And then you're going to get up. And then you're going to move forward. And you're going to take care of your son. And you're going to help him. So I did. Jesse was a smart and articulate little boy. He could read all the sight words by Christmas break in kindergarten. And he not only could read the sight words, but he also was able to read almost anything in front of him. He had a struggle regulating his emotions and was in a sea of emotions all through elementary school. And as I watched him, he began to stem more and more. And I didn't know what that was at the time. I just knew he was constantly counting his fingers. And I became more and more emotional about the amount of stress being put on my little boy and not being one to stop to feel it. It was hard to navigate in this world that I was suddenly living in. I've never been exposed to it, and it was new. It was so sad. Every single time his sister would get an award throughout the years of, of school. And each month going by, he had nothing. My mom once said to me that if I was getting the blame for Jesse's behavior, I also needed to accept the praise of Angelina's soft, sincere disposition and know that both came from my parenting. Mine and my husband. I remember in the summer, right after his diagnosis, we went to Arizona to visit my sister. And there was a moment of clarity for both of us because he had completely lost it. And he got the wrong prop he had gotten the wrong popsicle. And it wasn't the one he wanted. And I remember after he finally stopped kicking and throwing and lashing out, my sister said, Hey buddy, you didn't need to get upset. You just needed to tell me next. You just need to tell me next time so that this doesn't happen again. Post meltdown when he was finally calm. Then he lied down under the weighted blanket on the couch and he let out a huge sigh as though he was getting breath for the first time in his entire life. And it was just, it just, it was just silencing because I went from knowing nothing about autism to watching my son take a breath and actually have peace for a moment in his little life. The stimming slowed down, but there's still so much 
I know that in uh, 2014, I was in college getting my bachelor's degree at California State University, and I had a feeling and a thought enter my mind, and it said, write his story. And I thought, no, I'm not writing his story, because that would hurt a lot. And I got that impression, and I got that thought in my mind constantly from 2014 until I finally got done with the rough draft January of this year. It was painful, and I'm still trying to get to a point that I can dive into something that is deep and painful and heart-wrenching. We then moved, when I graduated with my bachelor's, to Arizona. We followed my parents for the retirement. When we got there, I had three boys in tow. Well, I didn't know at the time. I had the one, but I had two more. Two little guys came to our family as I was finishing up my degree which was quite a surprise because I thought I was done. Ammon is the A in Jam, and Marcus is the M, and both are a year and a half apart. I, when we got to Arizona, I started my master's in special education, and Ammon got a referral to early intervention to have an evaluation and was diagnosed on the autism spectrum and was nonverbal with sleep issues. In a few short years after that, two years, Marcus did the same thing. And there it was. I was trying to teach my first year, get my master's in special education, and there were these two boys. For the first time in my life, I didn't know how to communicate with them. I never had that problem because there's a reason I can do this because I have a big mouth and I know how to speak and so do the other four children in our lives. It became to the point though that they were three and four and there was no speech in sight. It was then that I decided that teaching was not what I wanted to do. It was not where I needed to be. So I decided to go to the University of Arizona and took some classes on behaviors. And I worked as a behavior specialist at a district in Arizona. And I learned a lot. And I worked really hard to make sure that my grades were away to show how hard I worked. And it's not easy having six children. Three that have, well, no, all six have a diagnosis of some sort. I have three with, as some people know, OHI, other health impairment, as in ADD, ADD plus H, and my other three diagnosed with autism. So they all had something, but only three needed the extra help and supports in school. So it was hard to balance being a teacher, taking my graduate classes, and having my children and having them safe and cared for. 
it got done. But it wasn't easy. But it was, it seemed easy when I got the grades that I did because I loved the topic. Back in 2012, 2013, I knew nothing about it. And now all of a sudden, here I am in classes where I am just eating it up, acing the tests, taking care of all my work. And I was finally able to understand when they say that when you discuss verbal behavior or when you discuss behaviors in general, it's a whole other language. Because I sat there one day and I was talking in a school with some teachers and I realized that I was fluently speaking this foreign language that at one time was very cumbersome, very hard for me to navigate. And here I was not only understanding, but I was able to explain and know that what I was saying was one, the truth, because I understood it, and two, that I could break it down enough to have someone else understand, which meant I, I understood it. it. was a big deal for me. Knowing Arizona's not super profitable in the profession in which I had chosen to go, I decided to migrate and pick up the family and move to Utah. Not sure why. I just knew that's what we were supposed to do. And everyone I met either was desperate for a change to happen or told me that I came to change things in Utah and the status quo as it stands. I just went because I knew I was supposed to be here. So... I came, and I finished my book. Well, I finished the first portion of my book. And then it became very clear that I was telling the story, the most painful parts that are really hard for me and my friend that's editing to read. It was surface. It was someone looking at what happened, but not someone that was in what was happening. I'm still not there. I can't get any deeper because I just am struggling with the idea of putting that on paper and giving it life. But this is why. Because I can do hard things as I'm telling my students while I'm teaching again here in Utah. And I want to be available to empower and support families, especially parents that are desperate and unsure what they should do. Give them a voice. Give them the ability to see around the corner and know that there have been others that have forged the way. And as devastating as my son's story was, and as much as I have learned from what he experienced, it was painful nonetheless. So here I am. I wrote a book, and I'm trying out a podcast. You'll hear my son, Jesse, who is now 17, and he is phenomenal, and he is thriving. He has his moments of weakness and struggles, but he's doing so well. And he reminds me, Mom, you taught me how to do this, so you need to back off and let me just get my thoughts together. 
let me take care of what I need to do and stop making it worse. So I listened. I didn't know what I didn't know. I had no idea because I didn't know it. I was just in a position that to make changes and to help others. And I feel like it's time that I need to take on the world and shine. So here I am. I would like to make a little plug by my book. Well, when it gets into pre-sales, listen to the podcast and I'll tell you when. By my book. For, for one reason, it was so painful to write. I need somebody out there to just buy it, read it. And I'm hoping that someone, if it's that one person that does, that it's the one person that I was supposed to write it for. And then if you know anyone who is struggling, who is just a ball of tears, crying in the shower every day, not, not sure how to help their child, buy them a copy too. Because if anyone out there can read Jesse's story and learn all the things that I had learned along the way, maybe it'll help. Maybe they might have the strength enough to reach out and contact me and maybe I can help them figure out how to navigate whatever it is that's ailing them or their child. You can find out more about me if you go to my website. It's autismjamforburst.com. And there, it's a copy of the book. You'll see my blog. I tried out a few videos at one point. And you will see this podcast listed as well. Check it out. Because I'm Rachel. And this is my jam. And I- cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm jamming so that you'll jam along with me. little silly. Okay, that sounds funny. We're not going to get silly because we're very mature. And so my son is here. Say hi. Hey, what's up? The sky, the, the ceiling. Hey, yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Wonder who taught you that. My student at the middle school, and then you copied her. So I think she should be the one that's congratulated on that fantastic joke. I don't know. I mean, I remember saying that long before you mentioned that student ever. You probably remember a lot of things, but you're not remembering it right. So, without bickering with him for the rest of this, we're going to talk about, what are we going to talk about? 
I believe you were talking about parents that you've had experiences with who had autism children. Autism children? That's the That's best I can fun. put it. <laughs> okay, we'll take it. Being that an autism child, I'm sure I can be allowed to say that. Okay, it's families have families that have a child with autism. Oh, gotcha. That have autism. That's perfect. Okay. There you go. That's, uh, that's a better way of putting it. Okay, there we go. So, so are you kind of curious what those parents are? Or uh, I've been losing sleep right, right, thinking about it because I know I kind of left you with a cliffhanger. Are you ready? I'm moving up on your food plus. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We're gonna discuss. Look at me looking all professional. I'm gonna stop that. We're going to discuss, I have three different types of parents that I can classify that I have seen or professionals with me. And the first is the one that are desperate for help and really, really need someone to turn to. And that's my target audience, by the way. Sounds like you when you first started. That is exactly why I think I can do this and I'm doing it, right? Yeah, I knew nothing. Yeah. I was yeah. really not that smart. And, and you probably agree because it's really easy to agree well, to. Well, I mean, granted, you never went to college at that time. I started. Cool. You started, but you never completed college at the Don't time. Tell people this because I'm trying to spell that I can do this. Well, I mean, you have your master's now. I do. You're right. Okay, so the, those parents are the ones that, that probably want to listen to me. The next ones are the parents that are comfortable, and those are the ones that are comfortable with both the good or the bad. They're, just, they're fine where they're at, and I'm actually happy for them. And they don't want my help, and I don't want to help them because I want to help the ones that are looking for it. The the third one that is not jamming with me are are the parents that are probably never ever going to listen to this unless they want to really not like me. But they're the ones that don't want a solution; they want a problem, and they want to be able to complain, but they don't want to figure out how to make it better. And I have a very hard time with the idea of exhausting myself trying to get them to want help because you can't make someone give you their hand and have you pull them out. Am I right? Well, to me, it sounds like the connections between you and these parents might be jammed. Ah, <laughs> look at you. You're such a funny, funny guy. So am I wrong, though? Should I probably not cut that out of this whole talk between the two of us and not say it? Because I, I think I'll say it again. I have a really difficult time with parents that just want a problem, not a solution. Well, ha! I mean, it's the truth, and you should probably just let the truth be the truth. Mm -hmm. No point going around it. No point breaking it. That's very wise. You're very correct. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always like an awesome parent that helps you to learn how to take that out. It yeah, wasn't me, or it was. I just kind of picked it up on my own. Oh, I thought you were going to give credit to your dad. Oh, well, I mean, dad is definitely a good source. He is a source for sure. And Best I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm married so, so I agree. Okay, so let's go back to the parent thing. Um, we're here because I had to be, right? You were born. You were awesome. And, I know. Yeah. But awesome. I had to get a lot more schooling to catch up with you, right? Absolutely. And then Ann and Marcus came, and then I really had to get a lot more education and a lot more experience to be as smart as them, right? Would you say that we have an upward trend here? Uh, well, I'd say that it's, it's got its ups and downs, really. Well, we're not telling them about the downs because they, they don't want to know that. Well, actually, they probably do want to know they that. They want to know we have downs because they're not just ups. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of downs. I want to know that, you know, uh -huh. you understand the feeling. You are actually really smart. It's a good thing that uh, you're on here. So, 
what would you say if you ran across someone that didn't want to listen? I'm curious. Well, uh, personally for me, if I encounter someone that doesn't want to listen, I would probably start with one of two things. Mm -hmm. I would either, okay. one, try to dumb it down to their level, you know, try to make well, we it sound... We can't Okay. I was just that. informed by my superior that I am not allowed to, to say that. insult the audience. No, you're so, not. Except for I will... those people are probably not listening, but we don't want to insult people okay. that might so, okay. I will Stop. say it's not it recording anything. Oh, it is. Just kidding. A way, mm -hmm. I will say it in a way that they can understand. Okay. You know, so break it down. It. And, break and it down. And make it very basic. Okay. That's and what I do when I work. Okay. The other one, which uh -huh. is more fun in my opinion, mm -hmm. is to do nothing and just see them come crawling back. And so don't say anything at all. Exactly. That's smart. You Except for, in my experience, and that's why I'm talking about this, is I typically don't ever have those parents wanting to talk to me again. And that's okay because they don't want to waste their time and I don't want to waste my time, which is awesome. Uh, but I just really feel sad because I wish I could help them. You know they're really worth it if they do come back. Absolutely. And, and, and I would be there to listen and to help support however I could. But I think the greatest advice you should put was to just do nothing and wait. So maybe I'll try to be more patient. Time. Yep. I run across someone. I do actually have really great moments with most every parent I've ever come across because I think we're all in the same ship. We're all trying to maintain the same level of balance between the water and the boat, and we're just trying to stay. Wow, I don't even know how to rail. Is it sail a boat? And I just did a boat reference. Look at me. High five. All right, that's perfect. So, what we got out of this is close it up, seal it tight, and then head to bed. Okay, so you want me to just explain what we just talked I about? I just want you to cap it off and let's be All done right. with this part. Well, what, well, from what I got from this is that we still got a lot of work to do on this podcast. Yeah, we do. Okay, that that was for me. Thank you. Oh, and I guess we should also, you know, know that patience truly is a virtue. But, you know, I feel like the first one is uh, more accurate. I think you are right. You're right, sir. And thank you so much for coming and doing this with me because you know I was scared. And since I was with you when you were little and scared, thank you for coming with me being big and scared. Uh, no problem. I am medium-sized and not very scared right now, actually. That's because you were awesome. Jam with all of us. Yeah, I just go with the flow, you know. I, I prefer um, jam, but okay. All right, I, I jam with it. I, <laughs> you know, I have it all planned out, you know. Uh, right? Yeah, you know, it's You're uh, the leader of Destiny. So, yeah. Thank yeah. you for coming here and leading us, and hopefully you'll come again and do it and not be embarrassed that your mom's trying to figure out this podcast. Honestly, it's not embarrassing at all. It's more opportunity for me to make jokes. Oh, perfect. Another high five, that, but not real this time because it's loud. Okay, perfect. Although, I don't think any joke I say could ever measure up to commentary like yours. Are you talking about commentary or commandeering my podcast? Because it sounds like you're going to steal it. Hey, you never know. <laughs> no. I mean, pretty soon I could be a bigger hit than anything you could have ever dreamed of. We'll be right back after these messages.
Hello, this is Rachel, and uh, we're at the end of this absolutely fantastic event. And I have more than just a few kids. I have a lot of them, a lot. So one of them would like to take on her brother Jesse as the most hilarious child I have, which is impossible because none of them are nearly as funny as I am. So with no further ado, and I'm not even French or German or whatever that's from, I'm going to hand the phone, the phone. I'm going to have the phone over and then the microphone over to Sibylla Thomas. Hello, hello, hello. Well, this has been a great podcast, hasn't it? How much of it did you listen to? We will not, I will not be answering that question. Why? <laughs> you didn't even listen to listen. our stuff? I listened to all the parts with Jesse in it, and he was hilarious. I'm just saying. My I just want you to know you got to practice because Jesse's beating you already. I'm obviously the favorite child, so I hope you all enjoyed this podcast and tune in for next time where my mom is going to put a jab right in my brother's ear so she, he cannot hear talking smack. Cause we can't. <laughs> I'm going to stick jam in his ear and keep jamming. So I can speak on this and he doesn't have to hear me because I'm incredibly funny and I have a beautiful daughter and they're both incredibly funny because I made them and I made them funny. All right. This is Rachel. Are you like saying her birth? Are you saying her birth was funny? Yeah, I'm going to cut this part out, right? <laughs> Yours was because, um, yeah, you Okay, you're really dramatic because you didn't almost die, but you did have to be in some oxygen, and I'm really glad they got it to you just in time. Right. Okay, um, this is Rachel, and this is my jam. You can see more. Now, I want you, yes, you, to check out more of the amazing stuff my fabulous mother has done. This is definitely not scripted. At autismjamorburst.com. See you next time.